Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have Miss Jen Sidorova, commentator Young Voices, very impressive background and very smart person. Master of, science, Master of Arts in politics, political science, as well as economics. All right, so here we go. Jen, good day. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Okay, we're gonna chop it up about American economic policy. Winners, losers, left, right, etc. How those policies fare out for the average American, for the everyday American, should I say. And that's what really, that's, that's what should be the focus. So if you would, give us your sentiment and I will opine. Yeah, I think that broadly conservative policies that generally support tax cuts, deregulation are better for working class Americans because they stimulate economic growth that is better for every American, including the working American. They do provide for upward mobility opportunities so that the future generations of working class Americans can live better than current generations. They do provide for less of a moral hazard. So people are actually motivated to go out there and create and do more work. And um, and yeah, overall, they generally promote uh, economic growth and uh, uh, decrease burden on the taxpayers. And ultimately, we all get to keep more of what we earn. Okay, um, you got any data, uh, any information you want to cite? Yeah, sure. So. Um, I think one of those, actually, I'm going to start with an example with just everyday example. Okay. For instance, regulation. I do believe that deregulation is important because a couple of days ago, I found out that my friend from Buffalo, a working class city, she had her business shut down in North Carolina because of regulation on the braiding business. She had a mobile braiding business and it all got shut down. What kind of business is it again? It's braiding business. So she goes out to her clients at home and she braids their hair. Okay, so it's a braiding business. Yeah. A braiding business would typically fall under a state a state licensing regulatory agency. Because when you work in hair care, you typically have to deal with chemicals as well as individuals health as it relates to proper protocol for cleaning, sanitizing, etc. And so the state will then say, in order for you to be certified to do this and to provide a safe haven for the community of customers that you have, there is a regulation to make sure that community and the company are both safe and free of liability. If you decide not to engage in those bare minimum processes, so that you can decrease your liability, operate in good faith, make sure your standards are up to par with the community. Then that person can sue you and because you did not engage in a good faith practice nor obtain the proper license, you leave yourself completely vulnerable to what's called tort action. So you do understand why the regulatory agency is in place. It is to protect the consumer and the company. 
But I don't agree that it has to be that strict for all types of businesses, especially that one when they don't necessarily have to deal with with chemicals. And in the state of New York, for instance, I am from Buffalo, we don't have that. But some states do that and some of them relax that. And I think such jobs that are craft jobs, the people can do with their hands and everybody can learn. They should right. be accessible to more Americans because but this is something simple they can learn. And there is very little liability here because- But Jen, name the state again this was in. North Carolina. In North Carolina, it is not illegal to braid hair. Pretty much. No, it's not. You're wrong. North Carolina, unless you're operating a you business. If you're not operating a business, you can braid anybody's hair you choose in North Carolina. And there is no prerequisite certification, no <coughs> licensing required. Are you aware of that? Right, what I meant obviously was the business, right? So well, if you're operating a, a business, business, you gotta have a business license to operate that business. That goes for any business, madam. That's not just in the world of hair care, that goes for any business. But they are not allowing for cosmetology, mobile cosmetology services. And cosmetology is an industry that requires a regulatory standard as any other industry you engage in as a business. You you presented a case here, madam, that your friend is unable to go to somebody's house and braid hair. That's simply not true. And I'm glad I actually know something about North Carolina law as it relates to this, because you may have got one over on me if I didn't. But you can go to anyone's house and braid their hair in North Carolina. You cannot operate a business without having your business license or the prerequisite certification. Right, so you have to have a cosmetology license. Every business. That's what it is. Okay, so you don't want people who work, and listen, I go yeah. to a person that has a cosmetology certification. It's called a barber's license. I get my hair cut once every two weeks, right? West Side Atlanta Big Ups. So this barber has a certification. He has his license, right? You know why he has his license? He has his license because there's a standard of care, not just the skills of cutting hair, but understanding the rules as it relates to sanitizing the equipment and other variables that connect to the industry and health of the person they are servicing. These things are not adversarial to the majority of individuals who are engaged in business. It's part of the great balanced approach to make sure we keeping people safe while at the same time protecting businesses. If you engage in a business without those protections, madam, you open yourself up once again to 100% liability if something goes wrong because you're unable to get insurance, you're unable to claim best practices, you're unable to have a defense, you are operating uh-huh. a legal company. So do you see how it protects the company? I don't see, I see how there's very little liability in something like that, I see how it, uh, limits people okay. just getting as a job that they can easily get. And in New York, we don't have it and nothing, I, I haven't seen any news on that. Every, anybody getting in trouble for doing something uh, for a business like braiding, because it doesn't qualify as a cosmetology business. But here, you can you know. go and braid somebody's hair, that's not the prohibition. You can't okay. operate a cosmetology business without having a certification or I'm repeating myself, but I think okay. you understand my point. Uh, you went to college, you got multiple degrees, right? Why? Because I was interested in the kind of skills they provide. I was interested in math and science, and I wanted to do that. Thank you. But exactly. I could have gotten the job, similar the job that I have. That they provided. You wanted right. the skills they provided. So you had to undergo a course or uh, a litany of courses in order to get that. Let's go back to uh, economic policy in America. And I think I've mentioned this to you before. Uh, so regulation, the industry of regulation, I think has to strike a balance. I do believe there's a 
I do believe there is a such thing as overregulated markets. And I think there's also a such thing as underregulated markets. I think both exist. I think this stuff exists on a spectrum. Unfortunately, in the political realm, we have decided to argue this from the extremes. Where there's one side that says, "Oh, regulation, regulation, regulation," and another side says, "Let's dismiss all regulation and see, and let's see what happens." I think it needs to be balanced. Would you not agree with that general sentiment? There is things that government needs to protect, like private property, right? So we can't really have no regulation in that sense, because things, some certain things, need to be need extra motivation for people not to violate other people's rights including private property. With that said, there's specific industries like I would say rent control or housing regulation that can be in specific states in particular. But overall, we even saw that during the pandemic when there was a rent, an eviction moratorium where the government is trying to do something, is trying to kind of extend the privilege. But what it ends up to doing, it ends up doing is that it increases the prices on housing. And I think we saw that specifically with housing and after the after the pandemic and even during that. So in those cases, I don't believe that even though I think both sides would agree on the outcome that people need better housing conditions, there needs to be more housing availability. The tool of regulating it as just like limiting the rights of the business people or what they can do with their businesses. And almost like expropriating other people's property, it's almost like Housing the British soldiers, yeah. you know, it's it's almost in that realm. So that sort of regulation, I don't agree with. What's typically the purpose of regulation? Right. What's typically the purpose of regulation? It's to protect the individual. Right. It is to protect the general public. So you have banking regulation to protect from lenders who would be predatory. You right. have okay. Mm-hmm. So you you agree with that regulation? Well, with if you mentioned banking, actually, credit card industry is not regulated by the government. There's just some. There is a standard that's created by the credit card companies, and they follow that. That's another that's, example. That's, how we that's don't actually, Jen. I'm going to ask you to do some homework on that. That's actually untrue. This was under the Obama administration. They brought credit cards into under the banking and finance. Statute, so they are regulated by the federal government, and they have to follow those rules set forth by the federal government. So what you just said is untrue. They, as far as I know, and my knowledge is from this semester at Georgia okay. Tech, is that the credit card industry, at least certain transactions, at there least are certain, certain part of it. No, no, I, 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 I got to be honest with you, ma'am. I don't know yeah. what professor has taught you at Georgia Tech. He needs to call. He or she needs to call me. But the credit card industry is classified under financial services. Financial services is a regulated industry per statute, federal statute in the United States of America. Your professor done told you wrong. I, I am pretty sure I've checked this this information. The standard is called DCI PSI mm-hmm. and that's how credit card industry Again, certain parts of the credit card industry. I agree that in general, banking is regulated industry, but the way the transactions- Financial institutions, madam. It's called financial financial institutions. institutions. That's right, that's what it's called by law, not banks. And the the way the credit card transactions send the signals, that's regulated by the standard. And the way the cyber protection on the credit card industry is regulated by the standard. It came out from the industry standard, not from 
I think you're making a different argument with that. When you make a proclamation that credit cards are not regulated by the government, which was your initial proclamation, that's yeah. patently false. That's just not true. Uh, credit card transactions or credit card, the credit card industry is a financial institutions industry and it is regulated uh, by the federal government. There are some aspects of banking right. that are not regulated by the federal government as well. All right, there are right. aspects that are. Okay, and that, that's the argument I'm trying to make. There is, there but is. That's a not precedent. the argument you made initially, madam. In all due respect, that's not the initial argument you made. I might have, I might have uh, expressed myself in the way that wasn't. Uh, Understood right away, but the uh, the point being is that there is precedent that we don't necessarily have to have strict regulation for us to function and for us to have productive outcomes and economic growth. Yeah, I mean, you use the word strict, and and, and I can I can see that based on some context, right? As I said before, I'm not a all the way deregulate, all the way regulate. I, I'm actually in the middle with some things, but it needs to make sense. It needs to make sense. And listen, the bottom line of profit cannot be the agenda. For deregulation, and typically when we talk about deregulation or deregulating a particular market or industry, we're doing that because of a business model rather than a people model. We want that industry deregulated in order to expand the business prowess and profitability of the company, rather than to protect those who would engage in that particular product or service. We need regulation, matter, because regulation is the reason why we can buy a car. And if the car breaks down in one hour, if there's a false representation made, there's a regulation standard that says they can't do that under tort rule, under tort law in the United States of America. That's that's an actionable approach. There's a regular there's a regulation that lets us know if a particular product, if a particular product is purchased and that product should perform a certain way and it does not, well. Guess what? I have a reason to go back to that manufacturer because it's under a regulated market. Regulated markets typically are created to protect the general community. There has to be a balance. It cannot simply be the sentiment or the desire of the for-profit companies to change or deregulate so they can make more money. Would you not agree with that? I think that you said a very important thing that uh, that regulation is intended to the intention, the the whole bit before regulation is to protect the consumer. Yes. But what it ends up is it's hiking prices for the consumers. In the examples that I mentioned, that is correct. That, Sometimes consumers yeah. do pay a little more for regulation. That that is accurate. But when you look at the benefit of paying two cent more. Or three pennies more here and there for particular products, you have a systemic health dynamic that has saved lives, prevented disconnect, and helped individuals rather than hurt them. You got to understand there's a balance here. And you're right, consumers do pay more sometimes for regulated industries to protect the general community at large. You have a problem with that? I do have a problem with consumers having to pay to 10 to 15 to 20 percent more in well, housing not, that's, because that's of the, the regulation. Model. Where are you citing your numbers from? I'm getting mine from Pew Research uh, that regulation will cost typically an American to pay between two to five pennies more per product. Where are you getting the 20 percent? Right, so cost? you're getting your that data is correct because it's from the wide, large, from a wide range of industries. And sometimes, you know, if we just cancel like Amtrak, we're only going to get $10 back on our tax return. That's okay. not going to be anything, right? There is parts right. of regulation are, that are very small. All right, are you for regulation in, let's say, Hospitals. 
Again, hospitals, uh, a lot of a lot of best practices that they have just came out from their own experience, from their. Okay, standard. but are you for government regulation of hospitals, or, or let's say prescription medication? You for regulations for that? Or what about the Food think, and Drug Administration? I think prescription regulation actually makes prescriptions more expensive. Okay, so what about said, what about the FDA? Are you against the FDA, Food and Drug Administration, regulating safety standards for food we consume? I actually do believe there could be a lot less regulation there. Okay, and but you believe I, in some regulation there. You're okay with some of it, just just less. Protecting basic rights like private property, but a lot less. Not but less, but it, a lot. If somebody less. makes poisonous food and they put it on the shelf, you're okay with that. Businesses are not going to be motivated to make. They're going to be motivated uh, to make profit, madam. They're going to be motivated to make money and cut corners without any level of regulatory standard. All right, I'm, I'm being told that we got to wrap up for the next show. Okay. I do appreciate you being on the show as always. We'll have you back, okay? Thank you.